recording on this soon. It's the Meg, John and Justin. Podcast. Yay. Woo. Yay. Uh, Hello, dear listener, dear gentle listener. Um, hi. Uh, hi. We are Meg, John and Justin. We are here. We're answering questions this week. Um, if you're new to us, uh, we're like kind of, uh, uh, well, we're not really the UK Dan Savage, are we? We're, we are the UK <laughs> Meg, John and Justin. We're the worldwide oh, Meg, John and Justin. <laughs> the global um, Meg, John and Justin. <laughs> we, are, we do advice and uh, information and thoughts <laughs> podcast. Introductions to who we are. We talk about, about stuff. Sex and relationships, uh, and and your relationship with yourself and the world, and it's a bit political. Uh, We do like a few different kinds of podcasts. Uh, So occasionally we do one of these where we answer a few questions that people have written in, because it's really, really nice to get questions from people and answer them. Some of them we're storing up to do longer uh, answers on. So if you have written and you're not getting something, especially like on kink or breakup, we just figure those are bigger topics. So we're going to do a bunch Mm -hmm. on that. so yeah, we sometimes do these answering questions, but we also often do uh, podcasts that are just us talking about a theme, and then we do very occasionally have a guest as well. Um, so yeah. is, that, is that our three kinds that, that we really do? we we'll do, yeah. yeah. It's mostly yeah. us talking about a theme. That's the thing we do mostly, yeah. me and you. And some of those are, sh- some of those are shorter. Quite often we, these days, we're actually going for a topic where we prep a bit in advance, and we both go away mm-hmm. and read about it and do a really mm-hmm. big you know one on that so uh mm-hmm. that's kind of our, that's kind of our go-to right now um yeah but uh yeah like occasionally throw in an interview and occasionally throw in a answering questions one i'm loving your the way you're describing this it's really uh it makes it sound pretty good <laughs> we are really good it is really good, <laughs> you know? it is really good. <laughs> there are people here who say we're amazing like that's oh like, i know that is nice, that is nice. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for your questions and again thank you so much for your feedback your feedback is wonderful Mm. and it really it's yeah makes our day whenever we get lovely lovely feedback so thank you yeah thank you yeah gentle listener so So, shall we get cracking we've got four questions yeah i'm going to try and do them like unpack absolutely everything today (laughs) like it's not going to be an hour and a half probably it's going to be an hour and a half (laughs) we're not going to unpack every single one no i'm going to give i'll give a heads up for the themes though just in case people Mm -hmm. content notey but also people can zip ahead if they want to and you know if if you're one of the people who did the questions which ones we're going to answer so we've got a question about re-navigating friendships when you've been support person for somebody else we've got Mm -hmm. a question about um re-navigating relationships where you your ex-partners and you're now getting to know each other again Mm -hmm. uh we've got one about intrusive thoughts and then we've got Mm -hmm. one about uh somebody who was with a man and then was with a woman and how how they navigate that particularly with their friends Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the that's the broad headlines. I think. Got a lot to say about that, friends. Okay, so yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So this first one. Um, yes. So we're not going to read out the whole question again, dear listener. If you do send us a question, if you could keep it snappy, that would be great. Um, yeah. And uh, also, if there is something, as this person has said, that you know, we if there's something identifiable in your question, we will we we will not read that out so yeah. we, we're kind of like paraphrasing the question here so 
yeah. that paraphrase question is um, the what how do we navigate a friendship where one person ends up doing a lot of heavy lifting uh, in terms of like supporting the other person like caring for the other person helping them through some difficult things or doing a lot of support how do you navigate that um, during and after that time as well I guess um, and how do we name it but without making them feel bad or without shaming them um, mm. and how can they both start to feel themselves in the friendship which is I think what they're wanting to aim for from their relationship which is where they both feel like they can do themselves which is a big topic in and of itself mm. um, well, I think it's just yeah partly it's sort of normalizing like I, I imagine this is relevant to absolutely everybody because mm-hmm. you know just in, during our lives we're going to go through periods of needing more or less support and care and um, being having more or less of it to offer so I think mm-hmm. it's just, you know, a big, a big important piece is just to normalize that that is really standard. And um, yeah. actually, it's great if we can, if we can do that rather than getting stuck in a place of like, we're only someone who can offer support or we're always someone who needs support. So mm-hmm. it's a great thing to just keep in, keep an eye on in all relationships, isn't it? Like how mm-hmm. much is, how much am I giving and getting? Yeah, with this. Yeah. And mm. I think it's not necessarily like to think of it as like a ledger, uh, but more yeah. I think like, oh, yeah. But more more thinking like who's up like who's got yeah who's got some spare capacity at the moment and it's like i think that um as we've said on other podcasts that if a friend is going through some really really difficult time but you just don't have it to give then it has yeah. to be that you have to be able to say i just can't like is that really important and, and it's else? not and it's not good for that person either like i've had that where somebody's like overstepped themselves because i've needed help and you can feel it and you, you only feel worse because you know you, you just get that sense that they haven't really got it and they're overstretching mm-hmm. themselves for you and so either they end up resentful or you know it just doesn't feel genuine so i think mm-hmm. it's really but yeah it's a really good piece to keep an eye on in, in your friends mm-hmm. you know in your circle of people of like where, where are you at in the different dynamics on this should we talk about me and you here for a little bit to talk about us yeah. as an example? Is that okay? I mean, we talked about it's it really before. okay. Just flagging yeah. it up now. <laughs> Thank but. you for so, checking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, we, me and you, are very, very close friends, and so um, mm. we are in a position where uh, one of us has needed support from the other, or the other has needed support from the other specifically, or where there is this kind of ongoing support piece where. We're both able to be with each other in support, and kind of, it was more like mm. it was more like to and fro rather than yeah. entirely to or entirely fro. And there are times where we've had to be entirely to and entirely fro during difficult, mm. difficult uh, times in our. Oh, I love that. There's two. There's two. There's fro and there's to and fro. Yeah, yeah, I just literally came Those up with the, that. But, but, you came, modes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but also you I talked like about Pema Chodron here as well. Didn't yeah, you? Pema Chodron basically describes yeah. what exactly the same. Yeah, like there's, there's two, there's fro and there's to and fro. That there's, you know, um, people that you have a lot to offer to. There's people mm-hmm. that, you know, you really need to get some from. And then there's ones where it's just much more a sense of alongsideness. Um, I mm. think is how she describes it and that you might move through different ones and you know someone who's needed support a lot of support in the last year because of going through all this trauma stuff I've really also valued the few relationships where I've been on more of the other side they, mm. they've been quite yeah. an important linchpin to me through, you know some mm. of them have been clients and some friends where it's been a bit more I've you know just that relationship I've got a lot to offer and 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 it's again, it's worth remembering that even somebody who's going through something really hard or somebody's got a chronic health problem or whatever, don't assume that they haven't got anything to give because it yeah. may be that that's incredibly valuable to them to have 
you know, to, to have some relationships where they can do a bit more on the giving side of support. Yeah, particularly mm. if it's not something that they are particular. If it's something else, like it's mm. uh, again, it's just to think about. It's to think about where where we've got capacity and where we don't. And it's not necessarily that our capacity is is quite neatly um, in one like container. It might be that somebody um, that if if the thing that someone else is struggling about is also something we're struggling about, we might not have any capacity. But if, yeah. that, if it's about something entirely different, or just something that we're quite good at, or something where. Mm. Um, just, we might actually have some extra capacity and also it's an opportunity for that person to also kind of like to to remind them that they have this connection and that they can be as much to as they are fro yeah <laughs> probably mix those up um and you know that can be also helpful for them sometimes too i think so um the thing that that you and i that you're really good at doing this with me is to check in with me about um about where we are with this and we're, we're yeah. often having these conversations about um and they're not long conversations but it is like a brief check-in you know like you might say yeah. something like i just want to check in about how you're feeling about this because um i don't that you know are we in like to and fro because i know yeah. that we were in fro or two yeah um, just yeah. want you know and just want to you know check that this is okay and is there anything going on for you yeah um, but also there have been it's times really where good. we've both needed to and fro uh, yeah. with like a capital t and we have both males give it to each other but and we've navigated yeah. by who's going first you know like yeah i think it's maybe a little bit like borrowing money off someone as well it's like a bit a bit like it's on the person who is you know borrowing the money or it's on the person who is getting a lot of support for a period to keep checking in with mm. the person they're borrowing the money off or the person they're getting a lot of support mm. from like is this still feeling okay is it still feeling balanced and I did that with you recently about advice giving and found that really helpful like I really mm. turned to you in an hour of need and you gave me some really valuable advice but then I checked in afterwards like how that had been for you and you know like what what yeah like what's our dynamic when I am advice receiving from you and that was just mm -hmm. really really helpful so sometimes really? it's just it's super helpful to name this stuff especially if you're feeling a bit uneasy about it if you're a bit like oh I'm not sure, you know is that okay or would mm -hmm. that always be okay like mm -hmm. naming it can lift a whole load of stress off the whole thing of just being like oh right we both see this dynamic that's happened you know we're both aware of it and we know that the other person's definitely okay with it or we've given them a chance to say actually you know that was a bit a bit too far or something yeah and this is the key to our answer here isn't it that it's about naming the dynamic rather than making yeah. it about the individual or making yes. it about what, what yeah. about and rather making it about like a ledger that it is just yeah. i've noticed that there is that this is the dynamic at the moment and or even um, like yeah. before that like i'm curious how your experience are dynamic you know mm. i feel like some you know like yeah i've had friends with, i feel like something shifted between us recently and I just wanted to give us an opportunity to both talk about how that is, mm -hmm. um, you know, and there's ways of like, if it, if it is like, oh, actually we want to kind of bring it back to a different model or more of a to and fro, like there are ways of bringing that in, in a structured way, you know, like I have some friends where we do check in, like they get five minutes, I get five minutes at the mm -hmm. beginning of every conversation. So there's mm -hmm. definitely like a structure for everyone to do some sharing 
um, mm-hmm. and other relationships, other relationships that would just feel overkill, you know, that it's just, you know, it goes nicely into a, an easy dynamic. But if you're shifting from one thing to another, it can be useful to have a bit more of a specific structure to how you have communication while you're in the shifting period. So that's mm-hmm. just something, you know, if like both these people agreed, yeah, we'd like to go back to to and fro, but we've been a bit, we've got a bit stuck in this one way dynamic, then you mm-hmm. might want to bring in some more explicit structures to how you have conversations during that interim time or something and they want to know how to bring it in without naming or shaming the other person but it is by just saying look the thing is is that you're as much part of this as they are like you know we all um in the to and fro um and in the giving and the getting like we all get from giving i think and some of us get from giving depending on the kinds of dynamics that, that we value like some of us are some of us really, really value being there for others all the time because we really get a lot from that. And if we're honest with yeah. ourselves, and that's certainly me, if I'm honest with myself, I get a lot from giving. And that's mm. not always a good thing, I think. And so yeah. there is this thing of, um, sure there's a film about this, like is there such a thing as a completely selfless act? I think it might be a Kevin Smith film. But I'm not yeah. saying that you're being selfish, but I'm saying, but no. notice that you are, that there is a benefit yeah. to you here as well. It's not, it's not that you are entirely you know being there for them and like notice that you could draw a line here as well and that whilst you're mm. you know whilst you're giving the support whilst you're giving the help um it's it's very important for you but more important for the other person that, that you are making sure that you're you're only giving as much as you can give at that time um, and this is something i do yeah like this is something i do like about the wheel of consent you know i know we don't necessarily mm. agree on and how helpful that is but the wheel of consent uh, betty martin's idea you can google it online there's a lot of overviews of it it does distinguish when like you're you're you could say you're giving or you're getting whether it's touch or support or whatever it mm. is but also who's it for so sometimes yeah. you're giving but it's for you and sometimes you're giving and it really is for the other person and sometimes you're getting and that's for you and sometimes you're receiving from somebody but it really is for them that you're you're doing the thing you know so i think that that's quite useful here to think like yeah, who, yeah you're who's giving and who's getting support but also who's that kind of for and in some relationships it really might be like you know maybe like a parent child growing up relationship where the parent still really wants to feel that they're giving something to the kids so the kid kind of accepts their support even though it's like oh god mum you know yeah. <laughs> so so yeah like having that distinction between who's giving and who's getting and who it's for is quite yeah. like having those as two different axes rather than assuming yeah, that the giver is always different... yeah mm. it's a, yeah you know, yeah I, I know that you like the Wheel of Consent for its bang. It, it confuses me every time we talk about it. I don't know why. It is I've quite some... confusing. Yeah. I but like, just I like keeping just in mind, like, who's, who's it for? Who's it for? Yeah, who's this for? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, it's a bit simpler, isn't it? Yeah. Do we want to also talk about, you know, um, you, might, you might also want to reflect on here, like, is this a pattern of yours as well? Like, yeah. are, you, uh, are you like um, like a big... Uh, like daddy bear type person we've got the 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 patterns or the dynamics page in mm. our make your own relationship music guide available at our website for two pounds fifty for an instant download um yeah are you somebody who regularly takes that kind of role in your relationships is there something about you about your personality that where that is very important in which case mm. that's something you might want to check in because that might not be something that other people see in you or value in in you or yeah might not it might be something that you could hold on to a bit less tightly if that is something that 
you can't want to tired. Yeah, and sometimes we can become a real giver, like because uh, like we don't want to show our vulnerability, you know, and mm-hmm. that actually can be quite hard for other people. Like we might feel like we're doing quite a good thing, but actually, you know, it's really hard for sometimes for people to get support from someone who never comes to them for support. So mm. that's where this balance is worth thinking about. Um, you know, it may, yeah. you, you can often, you, I, I like this the drama triangle idea um, where mm-hmm. there's kind of, you know, pe- victim, rescuer and persecutor. And mm-hmm. you can think about like how often you fall into those roles in relationships. And, you know, the generally mm-hmm. the idea is if you if you're too like into that kind of rescuer thing it is quite disempowering for the people and it may be that you're trying to have you're trying to avoid any sense that you're vulnerable or even that you're trying to avoid ever being the bad guy and you know politically we really see at the moment how dangerous it is to believe you're just a good safe person um and then you and you really struggle when people tell you that you've hurt them um whether that's kind of in this bigger cultural sphere or in our interpersonal relationships it it is important to own that all of us has the capacity to be giving and supporting in some ways all of us will sometimes be on that victim or survivor side and all of us will sometimes hurt other people and like not to deny that we can occupy any of those three places on the on the triangle it doesn't sound like the listener is doing this but it is no but it is but it is like a thing where people that where there is an element of power over it that uh, yeah. that we can help hold someone else in uh, submission to us if we are constantly the one giving them support and not allowing them to give it back to us but also that yeah. might as you were saying also that, that we might be there might be something in our past or something to do with our own experience of um of care giving and receiving that might prevent us from feeling able to receive care ourselves and so we're giving it out yeah. all the time or we can be hooked in yeah Go we on. can be hooked There's in by a- the other person yeah yeah that it might be more their stuff playing out that they're only comfortable when they're in that more submissive getting advice place and they are just yeah. kind of pulling us constantly into that dynamic that we don't really want to be in that's another option sorry yeah. you were going to say no that's right that's, i think that's mm. i think that's i was just going to repeat something else i was going to say but in a different way but yeah um, i think that's that isn't it so yeah um, it's like having this kind of conversation with them and trying to do it in a way you know yeah. not just sitting someone down saying i've got to have a very important conversation yeah, yeah. with you it's like if you can be talking about it in the same tone that we are you know uh i've no i'm noticing this uh talking about it, having having the conversation think about other conversations that you have in uh in your relationship and how you have these kinds of conversations in your relationship at other times so is it by text or whatsapp mm. or email or phone or do you only ever do this kind of relationship kind of conversation in um in person um and to try and keep it in to try and be as not detached but to mm. for, it, for your for your tone for your for you to be curious and open curious and, yeah um, <laughs> that's exactly what i was going to say that's the curious. that's the kind of position to be in you know like trying exactly. to adopt our tone and you know red flag ish would be if you don't feel able to do that if it feels a lot more loaded to you mm. like it could be either there's some there's some stuff coming from that other person and or there's some stuff coming from you that is older stuff mm. or trauma stuff and that's the kind of flag of like okay if, if you feel like mm, yeah maybe i do get stuck in this role all the time and it's yeah. not great for me that maybe you need to go and do a bit of work on that maybe a bit of therapy or a bit of you know working with other folks around it 
or if it feels like oh they are like I'm literally their only support person and they are really like loving this dynamic and it's not great for me then maybe it's about saying to them like, I do need you to do your own work around this I maybe need you to cultivate other support you know it doesn't sound like that from the question but I no. do feel like keep keeping in mind that if it's if it starts to feel like a really hard conversation or you do keep bringing this up and it doesn't get heard then there might be more going on that needs a bit of excavation and that might not be on you to do that it might be you know on them yeah i've got something else to say i knew it would go along i'm sorry um <laughs> if you're feeling like a, if you're feeling like a sense of anger when you're thinking about mm. this if you're thinking oh, for fuck's sake or if it is like oh, i'm constantly giving and i'm getting nothing back uh, and it is that and it is anger then really use that anger as a way of informing what's going on for you and really that yeah. it is about that it is probably more likely to be either um about you or a dynamic which has got into a like a really difficult place so it's like mm. noticing your emotions and your feelings about us as well really and, yeah um uh if you are if you are thinking uh you know it's, uh, if you are thinking of this as, as like give and take then you are looking at this as like a kind of a scarcity model that there's only so much love and support around uh, and I'm not getting it back and that's you know maybe stop thinking about that as well I'm not getting that sense from you from the no. that is where you are in your question at all I mean we've got your whole question in front of us I don't think that's it but yeah but other people listening yeah, that could also be it yeah and it may well be with with this kind of thing that it's um it really uh, the flag it brings up is about boundaries is that maybe you've overstepped you've really overstepped your own boundaries a lot again doesn't feel like that here but it might yeah. be uh, in this kind of scenario where someone's just overstepped, overstepped their own boundaries and, you know, the piece of work they need to do is about you know, really finding where their boundaries are and learning how to articulate with them, them, them to people. And I could not be more empathic about how difficult that is because oh, people please yeah. struggle with boundaries. But, you know, like, yeah, that could be boundaries could be a good place to a good thing to look up a bit more about if that's the the area that you're struggling with. Uh, regular klaxon alert. We uh, we're, <laughs> we're experts at talking about this, but we don't, we're not always brilliant at this in our own personal lives. Yeah. We're good at this with it's each really other. Really hard. We're really good yes, at each other. We are. Um, yeah. But uh, that's that's how we do it uh, with each yeah. other. And um, yeah. Next question. Yes. So, so this is another well it's, it kind of links through doesn't it because it's called yeah, also it's another one about re-navigating um a relationship that's shifting and changing over time but in this case the the people concerned were a couple mm -hmm. i think they split up they've been more separate and then they've got back in contact and they're having some nice warm contact between them online at the moment and there's a wondering about you know what kind of relationship might we have in future particularly because the person who wrote in their way of doing relationships has shifted um, mm -hmm. into a more different diff different kind of style so mm -hmm. maybe that you know they're wondering maybe like that might be a bit more open that there could be you know they might not fall into the same dynamics that they fell into mm -hmm. in the past with this person because their way of doing relationships is a bit more open now as well I might just pull out a couple of other lines as well just to go just for to, it um, also uh, dear listener if you could tell us in the future just helps us if you can tell us what pronouns to use for you because oh we yeah don't, we don't know uh, there's the we know that the, the person writing in is talking about a he, the other person being a he, but we don't know what your gender is, dear listener. Just helps us because... Yeah, I will default to they for, in that yeah, case, but that, they. You know, that may not be your pronoun, yeah. yeah. Um, so they had really exciting connection when they were together. The main challenges seem to be like a mismatched sex drive. 
difficulty balancing the togetherness and independence, which is uh, something I want to pick up on, um, struggle to communicate about those things. But then reasons I see them differently now, and I would handle those uh, quite normal mm. challenges quite better, which is something, again, I want to pick up. But um, yeah, the rest of it is... Um, uh you know it's clear they hold a very special place in each other's hearts they really enjoy being together mm. vibes are good um and uh it feels like it feels like there's an openness from the from the uh the, the writer rhythm's side we don't know what the other person the other person mm might be open but the uh, the listener is the the writer inner is saying um i think he's open to this but we're feeling under pressure uh uh mm. i think he's aware of being under pressure anyway so there's already something going on right and jay so the, you know the, the what is this are, it i mean the, yeah. one thing is you know in a way you already are you know when we move away from that relationship hierarchy kind of model of you yeah. know only one, only one kind of relationship counts it's like well as soon as you are back in touch with an ex you are in a relationship with an ex um mm -hmm. and the only question is yeah like what is this relationship going to be how is it going to unfold over time um so so in a sense that kind of lift that can lift some of the pressure that it is already happening um mm -hmm. and that's it's useful i think to move away from that model of is it this isn't that and it sounds like that's kind of where the writer in has already got to is that you know yeah. like let's see things in a bit more of a relationship anarchy kind of way um but obviously there is that question right how do we how do we figure out like what's the territory here what are we now you know but that, mm. it's understandable to want to have a bit of clarity on that well i guess there is this idea of containers and let's if we think yeah. about how a contain you know is it a is it like a is it like a a a, a cool bag with zips or is it like a more sturdy kind of object with like you know like a big thick kind of plastic is it yeah. a nice uh, cast iron enamel pot yes uh, is it like a is it a, a plastic bag with like holes in the bottom that you get from the yeah. <laughs> to prevent people from suffocation uh, i love i love this this i love this idea um you know it's I like to think about yeah, containers. What, instead of it being like you know there's you and there's the other person and like what's that relationship it's like what would be you you want the best thing for each other right you want the most yeah. essential the most ethical the most free and the most safe kind of relationship as possible what would be the best container for that for you now um and I it's a great thing just to be, be asking ongoing in all in all yeah. relationships so like and I think, it may be when there's a problem that it's the problem is that the container isn't great that you're, you're holding it in the plastic bag when it really kind of needs a more solid object or you're trying to make a big solid container for something that's really plastic bag right it feels to me like what they're trying to get yeah. to at this point is like how to be present in a relationship whilst also known by it's that it's that balance of being present and open to what's actually happening and the excitement of an yeah. unraveling and you don't quite know but also having a container where it feels safe enough to keep it in but which yeah it. so it's like is it okay to put it in a if it's like, um, you know, I'm making sourdough again at the moment, I've restarted a new starter, and you know, nice. sourdough starters, you know, MJ, we both do this. So, sourdough starters, like, just made my escape, own, yeah. they escape their container after a while, don't they? And then you have to, run. yes. And also, sometimes my starter works in some containers, and in others, it completely kills it. So, I'm like, so you have to sometimes, like, you have to be present to putting it in the right container at different times. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, maybe there's like a, 
maybe you treat what's happening at the moment as a sourdough starter and thinking about which is the best container yeah. for it. That might be good. Yeah, that's um, really nice because it is kind of a starter because you have, you know, you, and I mean, I, I would be an advocate for this can really work, you know, like me and Alex, Ian Taffy, who I, is my other kind of co-creator, we started out um, as a sexual romantic relationship. It <laughs> did not work very well on that, on that <laughs> container. <laughs> and, um, you know, then we had a bit of a pause and a break. Then we got really, you know, very much like this. There was yeah. a really warm connection between us. We rekindled that in a, you know, like friendship and then doing a bit of work together and then realized that we had this incredible, like, uh, connection as, as co-creators and, you know, a really, really close bond um, between yeah. us as friends. So, um, you know, this this kind of re-navigation can lead to something very good and, and very long-lasting, potentially, if that's what you want. I guess, I guess there's a boundary here of, like, what does X mean, like, in this yeah. question? So is there, an X, is there like, a, a, a breaking up and a getting back together, or is this a yeah. continuation of a new, different kind of relationship? And are they... So yeah. is there a melancholy of trying to get back to the vibes that felt really good, yeah. but not really seeing what was really happening there? Again, in our sadness mm. episode, we talk about this, that sometimes the melancholy of not of the feeling not being able to like leave our body might mean that we keep going back to that and keep wanting to get those vibes. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it ended for, for what's quite good sounding reasons to me. You're like, um, yeah. they weren't able to talk about how to, they weren't able to talk, communicate effectively. Uh, they weren't able to balance togetherness and separateness and there was a mismatch in sex drives. Like, yeah. so, and the way that this is being worded, the questioner uh, uh, talks about we and he and then starts talking about, start talking about I a lot. Now, mm-hmm. I think this is probably another podcast episode, but what happens if one person in a relationship starts listening to the Meg, John and Justin podcast uh, and it starts <laughs> being critical about everything and, and wants to like, be intentional about everything and consensual about everything? Mm-hmm and wants to have these kinds of conversations and their partner is still listening to boring cycling podcasts and just isn't bothered. Like, <laughs> how does... Yeah, there's that mismatch, <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. I feel like that's really important, you know, for and, and in all relationships. So another really worthwhile imbalance to attend to is like... Um, yeah if you want if you want to do like really ethical intentional consensual relating mm-hmm. you do need the other people in your life to be in a fun side and a big conversation to have is to find out are people up for that or not and yeah. if there really aren't and that is really what you want then i think there has to be limits of like you know really saying clearly well this is what i can offer if you're not in that territory for me and I have a bit of a rule of thumb of like well what does that mean well it means that person's up to do for doing their their own emotional work in some way that doesn't have to be therapy but like some kind of they're doing their emotional Mm -hmm. work so they're aware of what they're bringing and what they're doing in the dynamics and that they've got other people they've got some kind of support network around them like that's what feel if it feels pretty risky if those things aren't in place um, and if the other person just doesn't, like you say, just doesn't have a language for this, isn't really interested in, you know, just wants to go to the default script. So those would be great things to check out is like, is that other person in that's in that place? Have they, have they come to that place as well? Or is it just that you've come to that place and you'd really love them to be there with you? Mm-hmm. You know, it's quite hard. It's quite hard to drag somebody along with you. It's not very, yeah, it's not very empowering to them. It's not much fun for you. Uh, yeah, I'm no. not so, um, I mean, the- that one. To me, this, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to sound a bit grumpy here. I'm sorry, dear listener, if this isn't what you want to hear, but it seems to me like you're wanting to get the vibes back, but without, but without any clear indication that there's any kind of 
mm. way of containing those vibes in a way that are going to be helpful to you. So if you want to get the vibes back and then do the same, exactly the same relationship again, then, then do, do this. But unless the, this mm-hmm. other person is able to articulate any of the stuff that you've been articulating to us in, in, in yeah. a way with you, just try with someone else. Get it's like, can they meet you there? And doesn't and it doesn't yeah. mean you have nothing with them. Like it sounds like you got no. some warmth, some funness. You know, maybe it it remains. You know, a occasional friendly messaging once in a while, a cup of coffee kind of relationship. That's the container. That's where you're asking, like, what would what container works well for this relationship? That might be it, unless you get that yeah. sense that they're really able to meet you in this place for a deeper connection. You know, I, I would the recommend having a yeah. hot friend as well. You know, like just have. Yeah. A, it's okay to have like crushy feelings towards a mate. You know, Oscar Wilde said, I yeah. think my friends for their good looks and my enemies for their intellects. Nice. Yeah. You're, you're both, mate. You're not <laughs> both my friends. What, what, what does that mean? <laughs> you're, you're smart and very, very good looking. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, you know, like it's okay to, we've done an episode on crushes. Like it's okay to have a crush. Mm. And to have yeah. it like in the background, like running alongside or just being a thought that runs through your head. And it's like, as soon as you act on your crush, your crush is gone. And actually, it yeah. can be quite pleasurable, that crush. But keeping it um, there. Yeah. And it's always worth throwing in the pot, like this question of what are you looking for from this other person? Might it be something that you also need to find in yourself? You know, this is what I'm getting from all this trauma reading that I've been doing. Is that It's so easy that we start to look for things in other people that are stuff that we feel like we can't be for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, if you've got an ex-partner, it may well be that, you know, that's somebody you did that with before. And maybe some of that pullback is that you still have that sense of like, could they be a nice protective person for you or a caring person for you or something that you're not able to give yourself. So I just think like irrespective, I say this to everyone who's thinking about any kind of relationship, people are thinking about having a kid. I'm like, have you nurtured your own inner child or is it that you're mm-hmm. kind of looking to have a kid in your life that you could look after because you kind of need to look after yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're thinking about having a partner, is it that you're looking for something in them that you really, you know, could do with finding mm-hmm. yourself? And it doesn't mean you don't have kids or you don't have partners, you know, no. but it's just like from personal experience, it's just so easy to be looking out there mm-hmm. for stuff that you just really need to find in here. And mm-hmm. then what you'll find out there is probably going to have a bit of more of a solid foundation because it's not based on that kind of needing or yearning for something that you really need to find in yourself, right? That's right. And it's the needing and the yearning that is the thing that we need to disavow, isn't it? Like, Yeah, when you've got those feelings, it kind of suggests, mm-hmm. yeah, like that there's something. And, and it's not that, again, it's not by no means easy, but I think you can it's really helpful to tune into what you're looking for out there and see yeah. if you might find it in here. If, you, if you're interested in this, the plural selves zine on my rewriting mm-hmm. the rules um, website is a helpful place to start and also links to some other resources as well. There's also an activity in our make your own relationship user guide with the first activity, which is thinking about all the different reasons why people have romantic relationships, write them all down, not just you, yeah. but for everyone. Why do people have romantic relationships? And then you ask yourself the question, which of those can only be achieved by being in a romantic relationship? The answer is none. You can get all of those things mm-hmm. from lots of different kinds of things. So then it's like, okay, well, how much pressure, what am I asking this one relationship to do? Am I putting a lot of pressure on this relationship? Can I, as you were saying, feed myself uh, some of these things from other things? And then you come to a place of uh, want rather than yearning and choice mm-hmm. and freedom to choose rather than this kind of urge to experience this NRE, which uh, if you're a regular listener, you'll know 
I think, and our new relationship energy or in inverted commas honeymoon feeling, I think it's toxic and awful and we need to get rid of it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> oh yeah, pretty. I'm Not everyone too. agrees with that, but <laughs> no, I, I because agree. also I think it's like we talked about. Yeah. It's when you're just going on vibes. You you think mm. it's vibes and chemistry, and it's not because everything's biopsychosocial. So actually, you may yeah. as well. You're basically just reenacting love actually, and we all know how <laughs> shit love actually is, right? So if your entire relationship is, I'm not having a go at you, dear. <laughs> yeah, I'm having yeah. a go at with, I'm having a go at everyone else. If your entire yeah. relationship is based on this kind of, oh, it was you know we had lovely times, and I want to get back to that. What? I know you're not basic, dear listener, because you're you listen to us and you're nodding along and you fucking love this. But for other people, other people out there yeah. who don't listen to us, it's so basic. So don't do mm-hmm. that. It's got to be intentional and it's got to be. Yeah. It's, it's got to come from a place of feeling free to ch- uh, feeling free to be able to choose, and that is the definition of consent and self consent. Exactly. Doing something because it feels good and feels like you should be doing it, and the vibes were good. Vibes aren't vibes. Vibes are yeah. vibes are biopsychosocial. It's social. Yeah, like it's it's pressure from outside, and it often is this kind of like yearnings from trauma stuff as well. Like com- combined, it's a heady mix, and it's not it's not great. <laughs> but I feel like what this person's asking is like, yeah, how do I go into this um, new unfolding of this particular relationship mm, with yeah. this kind of openness, yeah. with this kind of relationship anarchy openness of like everything's on the table, completely here for yeah, which is great. Um, and it's just about is that other person up for that? But if that other person is not in that place, you know, you've you've come to that place, but they haven't, then you know, send them a few episodes to listen to, and hopefully they will join you there <laughs> imminently. <laughs> no, that's yeah. not really my advice. But you know, like you, yeah, it's are is that what this is? to have that conversation. Yeah, because it's so hard. It's so, I mean, we we feel this. You know, when you've got to that place, if you are seeing relationships in this way it's really hard because a lot of people haven't got there or aren't in that place of seeing things as a much more open, like here's all the ways we could relate. They still are in a kind of relationship hierarchy model and relating between those places is just, is really difficult. It doesn't mean it can't happen, but it is challenging. So but it's sort of seeing see, are you on the same page. Yeah. You can only see the relationship in front of you, not the relationship that it might be because you've got, you've, yeah. you've got to both be present with each other and also being able to, to communicate about this. And the, if the communication isn't there, then you got it. It's yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So yes. it's a, yeah, this is a pyramid scheme or a Ponzi scheme or something. Basically in order to have successful, and intentional mm. relationships with everyone. You've got to get them to listen to our podcast, and then draw. <laughs> yeah, <I> love it. <laughs> this is the only way we're growing our audience, mate. So <laughs> yeah, this is this is the game. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have uh, to just individually yeah. join our Patreon. <laughs> yeah, I don't think passively aggressively like insisting. That no, that's the way. To... No, that's that's the, the way, way forward. Okay. And if you Shall are interested in our uh, yeah. in our Patreon, just give a flag for our Patreon. If oh, you yeah. want to listen to every episode that we do, um, then head over to patreon.com forward slash make John and Justin, where you can join and support our podcast, which we uh, dearly, genuinely treasure and love. Um, we would like to turn what we do into an actual paying job for us. Yeah. Like, it'd be nice to get to at least like one day a week where we can That'd be aside, awesome. where we can get paid yeah. to do this. And at the moment, we can't. Yeah. So, um, if you can help us with that, that would be great. That's like our commercial break in the middle of two questions, oh, sorry, and then we answer another two. I like it. Is there this is what they do on some of my. This, po- this is this is what they do on some of my favorite podcasts where they don't have, they too. advertise their own stuff and they ask for support. It's like I like the yeah. way they do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
next. <laughs> next. <laughs> we're not going to mention it when we hear it, right? Apparently, I do. Apparently, I do do it. Myself. I've stopped <laughs> myself. We're not. We're not playing their game for them, Meg John. If they want to no, play okay. the game, they will play the game. We're not helping them yeah. play the game, so we're going to be no. fingers no. on lips when yeah. we even know <laughs> yeah. we're not playing this game. You right. can drag us if you want. We're not going to drag ourselves. We're, no. You know, we're not. <laughs> you know, we love ourselves. We're not going to drag yeah. ourselves on the podcast, are we? No, no dragging. God. God. <laughs> it's not it. drag race. <laughs> this is not the self-burning podcast. Yes. <laughs> Put them in the okay. oven. Anyway, fine. <laughs> the next question. <laughs> the next question is on in- intrusive thoughts. Um, uh, yeah, people who struggle with um, intrusive or invasive thoughts. Um, yeah, it can it can be really um, common for survivors of all kinds of trauma. And um, uh, it sounds like the person concerned has already got quite a lot of advice and help around intrusive thoughts, but mm. just wanted to hear our thoughts on it. So it's certainly something as a trauma survivor, I've been dealing with plenty over this last year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just to, just to flag up that they can be really hard. What, what kind of thing are they? I guess it's when something pops into your head of any kind. It can be a memory. It can be a kind mm. of what if this happened. Um, mm-hmm. It can be you know, just a really nasty imagining um, or, you know, it can just be hard words, you know, really critical thoughts, quite often self-attacking thoughts um, mm-hmm. feel quite intrusive. It, it almost feels like they come from out there in here, mm-hmm. even though they obviously they do come, they're biopsychosocial, they, they come from mm-hmm. our wider society and the experiences we've had and they, they pop up from, from our brain. Um, that's, you know, something has got uh, pinged in our brain and the, and the thoughts yeah. or the memory is there. Um, and yeah, it's a really important, a really a normal part of trauma. Um, I guess that they're related to flashbacks. Sometimes flashbacks are of a particular memory. So that mm. would be like a thought. Sometimes them flashbacks can be just pure emotional, just a feeling rather than a thought. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, you know, a bit, a bit complex, like where's, where, which ones are intrusive thoughts and which ones are intrusive feelings. But my, my view is that you would treat all of these quite similarly, actually. Mm-hmm. So the, what I'm going to say applies to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think understanding the neurobiology of it is really helpful. So mm-hmm. there is... Um, that there's a lot of great stuff out there about trauma and how it works in the nervous system. Um, I did a bit of an overview on my blog, Rewriting the Rules, uh, post called Trauma in the Body, if that's helpful to people. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can give yourself such a hard time about this. You know, I shouldn't be thinking this way. I shouldn't have these thoughts. You know, mm-hmm. often when we have them, we kind of ruminate on them or go around them or obsess around them. And that, you know, you can again be sort of telling yourself off for that but that's mm-hmm. really understandable. You know, again, mm-hmm. it's, it's part of how the nervous system works. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of it comes from hypervigilance, you know, so a lot of mm-hmm. it's like we've, we've learned through, through the trauma happening that if we could be hypervigilant, we might be able to stop further trauma happening. So we're mm-hmm. just like always like scanning, scanning. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where the thoughts are coming from. It's this kind of scanning, like, is there a problem over here? Is there a problem over here, over here? And that mm-hmm. might involve going back over memories and you know it it does make sense in a way it's like we're going back over tough memories to try and Mm. ensure that they don't happen again or when maybe we're going over them to try and figure out like could we have done something different back then that we could Mm -hmm. learn from so it makes sense that we do it or we're we're Mm. planning you know like what if you know what if this thing happened how would I manage it 
But mm. what we're also doing, unfortunately, by doing this thing that seems like it would protect us is that we're also re-traumatizing ourselves because we're going yeah. over a really hard memory or we're thinking of something really awful happening. Mm. Um, so, so it's reminding ourselves first and foremost that this makes sense. It's a response to trauma. It's a survival strategy. It is sensible. Mm-hmm. And then reminding ourselves, but actually it's not that helpful to like to keep ruminating on the thoughts once they've pinged into our brain or to just mm-hmm. you know to sort of go there um obsessively um mm-hmm. but not to give ourselves a hard time about the fact we do it because it just is a really really yeah. re- understandable reaction right and it also yeah. is it to to sit with the with the response to the intrusive thought as well so it, because it could be that if it is for example like a flashback that it could be that the the the, the thought um, then triggers something or the or the, the feeling is already triggered but the, the body goes into this stress into mm. the uh, sympathetic nervous system stress and responding and the body goes into response however you respond and that there the, the will be the, mm. the body responds but then the, the parasympathetic nervous system needs to take over and chill everything down that that is the the, the biology you're talking about that, that is, exactly that is an element that we can't ignore and that the, the body just does yeah. that and um in a sense it's um, it is a fight or flight or fawn often reaction mm-hmm. is that our thoughts you know like when i have these big and it's often first thing in the morning for me i'll get these kind of like noisy thoughts and a whole lot mm-hmm. of them and i want to keep thinking about the thing even though it's not a pleasant thing at all to be thinking about mm-hmm. and either it's quite fight oriented. It's like, let me go over all these things and figure out how it's somebody else's fault. You know, mm. maybe I'm trying to think about like, yeah, like, oh, they're to blame or I should get rid of them or something. Mm. Or they're very flight, you know, they're sort of like much more like I'm trying to figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. So it's kind of mm. this busy work that I'm doing again to try and mm. save myself from pain or it's fawn. It's much more like, how can I placate? How can I make this okay? How can I figure out everything that might go wrong and make sure that it doesn't go wrong before it's yeah. even gone wrong, you know? So quite often they are, the, the thoughts really come from those, again, the, the, like you say, the sympathetic nervous system, mm-hmm. fight, flight or freeze or fawn responses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so naming them as that can be helpful as well. Just, mm-hmm. like, oh, right. Okay. I've gone into a fight spiral. I've gone into a flight spiral or a fawn spiral here. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the answer is su- just being super gentle around it um as you say anything that yeah carry on was there a thing about like noticing something in the body as well like just noticing what the body is doing and the 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 Mm. advice we always give about grounding isn't there which is you know what can noticing our senses what can we smell hear taste you know there's the thing that is often said about you know five things in the room something you can uh, anyway but yeah yeah grounding. good grounding yeah. yeah so anything that can bring you back into the body is great yeah and also on a, almost like from thoughts to feelings because my sense is the the buzzy thoughts is kind of taking you away from the underlying emotion mm. so certainly like your mindfulness practitioners and your trauma-informed therapists would be like can we sink down under the thoughts into the body what's the feeling here mm. um as you say like if it's very worked up soothing the soothing the nervous system so that you become more grounded is the key mm-hmm. so in a way you try you want to kind of almost like just pause it all mm. the content and just do and the other one you're saying is like five things you can see four things you yeah. can feel three things you can hear two things you can smell one thing you can taste that's an, a really nice one to like go through that slowly 
that brings you back into your body anything you can do to bring come to the body or to really orientate your surroundings it calms the nervous system um but if it's not too if it's not too bad it's you know trying to remember to go i call it figuring to feeling you know Mm -hmm. it's like i've gone into this figuring figuring mode like Mm. can i drop down into feeling you know if it's Mm. fight there might be anger there if i can really stay with the anger and what that feels like Mm. and just feel it in my body without all the storyline about it often Mm. i get to something much more a deeper understanding of what's going Mm. on for me um or similarly if i'm in fawn kind of figuring figuring i can come down into the fear and let myself Mm -hmm. just feel that fear um and again it's like a deeper understanding obviously if it's you know really hard stuff then a therapist or Mm. the practitioner can help you to do it somatic practices are very Mm -hmm. good for helping you come to the feelings but i think the most yeah the most helpful thing for me with all of this is just that um metaphor i think we've used before on the podcast about holding things in an open hand so whether it's tough thoughts or tough feelings or tough sensations or anything you're trying to get to this point where instead of like grasping hold of them and just, mm. you know, exas- like accelerating them and exacerbating mm. them or trying to push them away and get rid of them, you're mm-hmm. able to just stay with them quite openly. Because mm-hmm. what we usually do with the thoughts is like, oh no, these are terrible thoughts and they're making me mm-hmm. miserable and I just want to get rid of them and throw them away and I try and repress them and avoid them. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we get really attached to them and we really identify with them and go round and round and that becomes our whole day. And it's like, can we practice holding them gently so that we we can be with them, we can notice them, but we're not making, you know, that we're not making them bigger. We're not telling this big, long story about them. We're just holding them as they are. And part of that is to hold them in the bigger space. So mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're tending to them. I'm like, oh, I am going to have some kind of awareness and noticing that the thoughts are going around and what they are, but I'm mm. also noticing my environment and I'm also yeah. still engaged with the other things that are happening in my world at the moment. They haven't yeah. like become all of it. And that's not easy. It takes a lot of practice because yeah. they are very, that's why they're called intrusive or invasive thoughts. Yeah. They really do take over. But the more you can practice that holding them in a big open space is how mm-hmm. I like to think of it. You know, And it really can help just to sit in, in your environment and be mindful mm-hmm. of the whole environment and watch the thoughts come and go you know that's what Mm -hmm. the mindfulness practices would say it's like come and go like clouds or they come and go like bubbles or something i mean that's what i don't have uh, i have thoughts i don't have intrusive thoughts but if i'm finding that the the thoughts are getting a way of you know for example if i'm doing yoga uh or Mm. i'm just wanting to enjoy a cup of coffee or to enjoy the thing i'm doing and it's that what i do is to i try to do that come back to my Mm. body but sometimes the thing that just helps me is to go back to where the beginning of the thought was, almost to like to play it back in mm. slow-mo. And then sometimes what might happen is I'm completely able to let go of it once I realise what it is that where I was when the thought started to come in. Yeah, and that, that's, that's a good... the thing that that's the thing that I can do, just a way I do with thoughts. Um that yeah, I don't find it difficult, but it's like a the, the it's a strategy that I've found that it just kind of works for me. Um but but uh, that everything that you're saying, I think, is is useful in terms of you know all the stuff that we were talking when we did yoga together. You know that you know when yeah. there's a thought coming in and it drifts and and then just not going away without still, doing anything about it. And it's still, but it's still so easy to see them as a problem. Like even though mm. I know all this stuff, I was still and I am still getting that they kick in in the morning. And I still mm. noticed I was having this extra layer of self criticism of like I've lain there for thirty minutes you know, mm. being with these really quite unpleasant and noisy 
thoughts and I haven't been mm-hmm. able to get rid of them and like that's a problem and then I remembered that that was still me trying to get rid of them or avoid them or like I still yes. wasn't really welcoming and being gentle so now yeah. I'm just trying to be okay with the fact that happens and I, and I sort of started to treat them a bit like dreams it's like I have mm-hmm. dreams during the night and then mm-hmm. I have this 30 minutes where there's this period where the thoughts aren't great but I can kind of treat them a bit like a dream of like, oh, there mm-hmm. might be some interesting content in there. I'm not going to mm-hmm. grasp it super hard. You know, it might be a bit of, you know, just sort of random neural firing, but there mm-hmm. might be something interesting. So I can hold it kind of gently. I tend to ge- I tend to journal at the start of the day. So one of the things mm-hmm. I'll be it's like, oh yeah, what came up in that 30 minutes? And then some of it I might journal about and pay a bit of attention to, but again, not in a grasping way, but just in a like no. curious, open kind of way. Mm. And that for me has helped that they, they feel a bit less intense from doing that, which is very much that like, yeah, you, you, you're turning towards them. You're selling, you're saying to them that like, I hear you, you know, something's up, like whether that's a feeling or an intrusive thought, you are telling me something useful, but yeah. because you come from trauma, you're telling it very loudly and not always very kindly. Yeah. But I am going to listen, but I'm not going to make it all about you. You know, I'm here. Yeah. I will kind of pay some attention. I'll be really kind and welcoming to you. Mm. And, you know, also, but also not like completely getting pulled into this vortex mm. of, the, of the thoughts and the feelings. And again, it's not easy. Sometimes it just yeah. will override and you know you just need to ride out and just be as gentle to yourself as you can during it but hopefully over time if you can practice this in Mm -hmm. a way it means that when they come up you can feel quite good about it because you're like oh brilliant this is an opportunity to do that other thing to do it Mm -hmm. differently than i than i did before to just be really kind and gentle and spacious around it instead of like getting pulled into it or trying to push them away I think yeah. there are some times about this kind of stuff, particularly like well-being, mental health kind of area that we talk about a lot, that there can be a lot of like one-size-fits-all advice out there, which is also really mm. unhelpful. I think there's yeah. a lot of that around this. but So I think there is an element of that you'll get to your own place of how you can do this um, whole yeah. thing and not throwing it away or grasping it. But, but I think that's like the philosophical kind of place that you need to be at and you'll have your own like way of doing it. Like you, we, we haven't suggested that you, that if you get an intrusive thought you should do mindful meditation or you should write things down or yeah that you those things really there's the should there often an advice that really isn't helpful so it's about like what tools do you have at your disposal to get you to the place of holding it Mm. gently and not throwing it away and that's the i swear it's absolutely genius what you're saying like i was trying to follow a lot of these kind of mindfulness guidelines for years And it wasn't really working for me. And when I finally let it go and stopped trying to do these formal practices, mm. then I found my way to something. And it actually looks a lot like some of those things that are suggested. But because as soon as you're trying to do it in that should way, it just doesn't work. You, you know, you have to find the way that works for you. Um, and it's just, it's similar to, but it will be your own particular vibe on it. You know, you might talk mm. yourself through it out loud and you might find that mm. that works way better than doing it inside, or you might find you have to move your body while you're doing it. That's what works for you. So really trusting that, you know, it sounds a bit hokey, but I kind of inner wisdom of like, you know, no. if you can, if you can, you know, the advice, but you find your way of doing it. And it, it's really fine that that looks different from somebody else's. I mean, we would always say, you know, aim, aim to write your own intrusive, how to make your own intrusive thoughts user guide. You know, yeah, I think yeah. there is like, you know, with all the, with everything that we've talked about, all the tools that you already have, that uh, it's okay to do this in a way that feels okay for you, which mm. is, um, uh, and, you know, if you have a should, 
story or a should thought in your head, that's another that will feed your intrusive thoughts even more. Won't mm. it? Yeah, and it's biopsychosocial, and a lot, a lot of these thoughts do come from the shitty world around us. But we've said a lot about that on other podcasts, I think. No, I mean, yeah, I'm always up for having a rap about <laughs> neoliberalism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's where a lot of them come from. I think we we really individualize it and think, oh, I'm a bit broken because I have these intrusive thoughts you know it's because of trauma it's like well a lot of them are there because of um, neoliberal capitalism and the way that that does a number on us right. and tries to make us feel like we're we're not okay we'll talk about it so it is so yeah. there are two yeah. things going on so the two things going on so materially like the yeah. way that neoliberal neoliberal capitalism has done a number on us is that a lot of us are poorer or find it difficult mm-hmm. to access support that was there before uh, or don't feel so much part of a community because everyone has to travel for work and everyone's there's been a diaspora and, and communities have moved and the support structures are no longer there uh, that, that were in place uh, like 40, 50 years ago. So materially, we, um, we're poorer unless you're mm. in the top, unless you're in the 1%. Um, no one who listens to this podcast is in the 1%. Is in the 1% yeah. Because you can't get in the 1% <laughs> by doing the things that we advise in our podcast. So if this is not a... <laughs> anyway. so materially it's harder but also the uh the common sense uh hegemony so the way that we're meant to think about ourselves is that mental health and well-being and our thoughts are in, we are entirely responsible for those things so neoliberalism has done a number on us twice one denying us the resources and uh, to be well and also making us unwell and two making us think that we are entirely responsible for that and that all we yeah. have to do is to work harder to buy all, buy all the self-help books work harder on ourselves get an app for doing mindful meditation every morning and take it and take an hour's walk every day and that they're mm. the things no. no 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 and it makes us feel entirely and therefore it re it, it completely reinforces the idea of mental well-being being about fucking uh, resilience and us getting mm. over it. And it's like, so yeah. one thing that you can do, like, I guess, maybe this is the last bit of advice, which is to to give yourself, like, a huge pat on the back for doing as well as you're doing with the tools that you have. Yeah. To be able to, if you can, find support structures that are around you and the people around you and to be able to talk to people around you about this and for the, hopefully for them to make it okay for you to be able to talk about that mm. um so they're like material things that to do but also to recognize that um that this is society capitalism doing a number on you and to give yeah. you like a huge like you know a huge uh, hug for dealing with it mm. for getting yeah. as far as you have and for what's the there's a term that i want to use that i can't it's not quite coming to my head but just to give yourself a lot of leeway a lot of uh give yourself um the benefit of the doubt you know it's like yeah we're all being yeah. gaslit by the system we really are and i guess i do that with feelings a lot that sense of like oh what of this is mine and whatever it is the wider systems and structures just playing out within me yeah. through me through me but i think you're right intrusive thoughts could be dealt with in a quite a similar way of like okay and a lot of these you know especially like bad thoughts about our bodies and how they look or bad thoughts about how we're not a good enough person like that is where they come from we've been sold this number um for so long 100%. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, that can just lift a bit. It doesn't stop it happening, but it's like, it's good to name, like, this is what it is. And it is a, poli- yeah. again, and then it's a political act, actually, to be 
trying to befriend ourselves and uh, mm-hmm. treat ourselves kindly in that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've got lots yeah. of episodes about that, dear listener. We've got uh, self-care, self-love. Um, yeah. Gentleness. Gentleness, slowness. Yeah. Being with our feelings. Oh, we've got something. Yeah. But anyway, thanks for that excellent question. Uh, really good, yeah. Final question, Meg Yeah. So... This is one where we yell at someone's friends. <laughs> yes. So this is about somebody, I mean, you know, we don't need to give the details. Just somebody no. was in a relationship with a man and is now with a woman. Um, sounds like they handled that transition really well, actually. But their mm. friends are really reacting badly to it. They're sort of saying that it's a betrayal, you know, that, that the whole time that the, it's a, it's a woman who's written in that the whole mm-hmm. time that they were with the man, that they must've been lying. If they're, if they're attracted to a woman now, you know, that sort of sense of like, where they must've really been a lesbian all along. And um, yeah, like really, really kind of critical and unhelpful. Yeah. Uh, friend response. Uh, so yeah, I mean the line in the, in the, the questions, the narrative seems to be that I've been lying to everyone my whole life, which isn't the case. It's like, no, great. So it's not the case. So you, so, I mean, so another way of like wording the question is that someone has finally mm-hmm. realized that, um, that this relationship was not for them and they found this other relationship and also with it, there is new aspects of their sexuality that is being revealed to everyone that are mm-hmm. just being revealed to themselves as well. We don't, we don't know. And it's like the, their, um, uh, stepping out and being themselves and their friends uh, gaslighting them and saying no get back in no go yeah. back into the relationship no 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 we don't want you to change it's awful yeah it's really, really awful on the one when I first read it I was like um, you know my focus was on the person writing in which uh, mm-hmm. and you know what it is that they can do but this is a really good example of where our advice work needs to be like calling out the shitty behavior where we see it and this is the shit behavior and I feel like it's led to it's led to this person like questioning their sexuality and where does it come from and stuff. And, and you don't need to, you know, you don't actually don't need to do any of that. I mean, if you're interested in, you know, why your sexuality has shifted over time, then that's fine to explore right. it. But it feels yeah. like this is being driven by other people. You know, it's just so fine yeah. for you to have loved one person and then not loved them in that way anymore and then loved another person. Mm-hmm. Like, you just don't need to do any explanation or anything around that. Like that, that is just yeah. a really normal thing that people do. And the fact that that gender has shifted, you know, could mean that you're bisexual and that's mm-hmm. fine. Could mean that your sexuality is fluid and it's shifted over time. And that's also mm-hmm. fine. You know, there's a lot of, in here that's like much more wider cultural patterns of like mm-hmm. invisibility and erasure of bisexuality. You know, if it mm-hmm. is that you're attracted to men and to women and maybe to other genders, then that's mm-hmm. fine. But that's mm-hmm. being erased by this idea that sometimes somehow you've done a betraying thing by being attracted mm-hmm. to one gender and then going to another, which is you know really bad stereotype mm-hmm. against bisexuality that it's mm-hmm. that it doesn't really exist that you're only one thing or another, and that or you know that it's sexual fluid. You know everybody's sexuality changes over time. You know my go-to on this is like if it didn't, we'd all be attracted to teenagers still. Like that wouldn't be cool. Right, like you know, your sexuality changes a lot over time in terms of the age of people you're attracted to. So how come it can't in terms of the gender that you're attracted to, or yeah. other features of a person that you're attracted to? Like clearly, sexuality sexuality changes over time. Not heard right? that line before, MJ. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though, isn't it? It's good. It's good. Right? But I did really fancy my maths teacher at school, but anyway. Um, <laughs> It's different. That's a different podcast. Yeah. In fact, that's not even a podcast, is it? That should be a private conversation between me and you. 
difficult to know, doesn't it? Yeah. Sometimes we'll press record, we'll stop. There's a bit here where um, there's a bit here about their body that they're talking about. Again, we're, mm. we think you're a woman, but you, if, dear listener, you can tell us what your pronouns are and tell us what you're, just so it makes it clear for us. We're, we're kind of going between they and she. But, um, I think because the person said yeah. something about being seen as a lesbian, that yeah. I'm assuming that they're. Um, identifying as a woman but yeah obviously let us know if we're wrong there yeah helps out in the future just by yeah that'd be great Mm -hmm. um so um they're talking about the difference between having uh she's talking about the difference between having sex with her ex-husband and sex uh with a woman and she was talking Mm. about how um her vagina was uh dry um and she'd experienced bleeding after sex a few times um, from penetrative sex. Mm. Um, but then when she has sex with uh, fem- her female partner, there's, uh, everything's great, everything's fine. Mm. And basically, her body um, wasn't reacting very well to penetration from uh, a man. And so there's a few things to talk about here. Like, mm. um, there's some basic... We don't talk about genitals very much. We should do a genitals show. Uh, yeah. Because it would be... Um, Oh, so much to say about it, but you know the mm. the, the 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 vagina responds in gets aroused. You know, it's surrounded by lots and lots of blood vessels that enable um, uh, the smooth tissue to relax. As the, the muscles need to relax around the vagina, and then uh, vaginal uh, fluid, which is actually comes from plasma in the blood, which secretes through the vaginal walls and and gets and gets wet. Now, not every vagina behaves in the same way. Obviously, there are Mm. neo vaginas which don't um, which don't get wet in that way often but also some uh, natal vaginas so people vaginas that where people have the, have grown their own vagina i guess mm. is that is that, uh, is that is that does that make yeah. sense yeah. yes vagina the, you yeah. might have been born with um mm-hmm. where was i sometimes there is like a degree to which there are wetness but there is wetness yeah. and there isn't wetness but if we think about a throbbing uh, vagina that can mm. easily uh, envelop something that that like a penis or a sex toy or a finger. Then that's yeah. all, that's that is basically all I'm saying here is that this woman has found that that is how her vagina is is responding, yeah. and that's a way of thinking about it. So this so this idea of a penis penetrating a vagina is completely different from a throbbing. Uh, wet yeah. vagina enveloping something else and so even yeah. in that way to be able to think about uh, the vagina in that way uh, does have this bigger has this it is like a, a, a story about the, the broader context in which we see um, sexual desire and arousal mm-hmm. and, and how that relates to gender and sexuality it's mm-hmm. like it's quite a big story in this small in the small part yeah and all, all i would say here is what's your body telling you you know and your yeah. body's saying yes 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 to this and mm. you know there might be lots of reasons it might not just be about men and penises it might be about particular mm. it might be it might be some trauma going on there might be um, yeah you know but but all you have to do is to look at what your body's saying now and your body's saying this feels good mm-hmm. and that's the thing and you yeah. know there are many reasons why our bodies can't feel good. Our bodies are not just our bodies; it's biopsychosocial. They're being constantly read, mm-hmm. and you know our 
our view of our bodies is interpolated through all of those different um, through those through the bio and the psycho. But all it comes back to is what my driving instructor used to say to me. Uh, bear in mind, I've never passed my driving test, but bear in mind. But <laughs> I don't see how mirror me, signal maneuver is uh, relevant here. No. His <laughs> advice to me was, Justin, if it feels good, yeah. do it. Now, learning how to drive—that's extraordinarily bad advice. That's a that's very, very advice. bad advice. Very, yeah. It felt good for me to just to change lane at the Pentagon Island, 1994. <laughs> this would be change lane during rush hour at Pentagon Island, and to cut a yeah. lorry up behind me on my test. I got three Ds for dangerous. Um, it's terrible <laughs> advice for driving. However, yeah. maybe he was just giving me very good relationships and sex advice. Maybe that's what he was doing. <laughs> He should have said, this is very bad driving advice, Justin. But yeah, but someday you'll be it. doing a podcast and you'll be <laughs> glad of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I absolutely. think that's good advice. And, and the thing is, it's hard just to go with your body when your friends and, and broad society mm. are saying that everything about this is not okay. But this is definitely yeah. saying this is definitely okay. That's, yeah. that's the, that, and so even if you can just get to that point of, you know, your body's telling you this, then then that hopefully that might feel affirming to you Um, exactly and it just it just doesn't really matter you know whether it is that your sexuality was one thing and now it's changed to another thing or whether it's always been you know one thing which is say bisexual or pansexual or you know whether yeah like um whether it was about that one person and now this different person that's not really relevant what their gender is or whether that last relationship wasn't right wasn't very great on consent and that's why the body responded as it did then and now this is a better one on that it, it just doesn't really matter you know which no. of those it is or a combination or something else it's just, just about wanna, like yeah where are you i at should just flag up something okay. about sorry i just felt yeah. sorry to i just wanted to flag up about what i was saying not all yeah. um, relationships are sexual you don't have to have yeah. really good sex in order for a relationship to be okay i'm not suggesting oh, yeah, yeah. that there is you know there's a corollary here all I'm yeah. saying is that the, the, in this information that we've been given, it's really clear yeah. that this is, this is a small story telling a larger story that, that it is okay, but that everyone around is saying it's not okay, and actually it is okay. <sighs> yeah, it is okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, that aspect of it, of course. Um, so, so, yeah, it's sort of you know, we can, again, maybe we do on another podcast go into why do we have the sexualities that we have. We've talked about Mm -hmm. that in the past. It's biopsychosocial. But in a sense, I don't want to get too into that because I do feel like the important piece here is, you know, you've had an experience which is a perfectly valid experience. You've actually handled it well and ethically. And it's just that this group of friends cannot handle you know, you changing as all people yeah. do in in life, um, and are use and are using these cultural stories around um, sexuality, which are misguided understandings mm-hmm. of how sexuality actually works. Um, to yeah, to kind of gaslight you um, and impose this normativity on you, and that's mm. really tough. And um, yeah, it's like fucking conversion therapy. It's fucking well, it's yeah, it's really outrageous. Um, yeah, mm. I just wish people would get more educated about sexuality and how it works. Like there is um, there's a little zine on my website rewriting the rules uh, called 
about sexual configurations theory, SCT, which is like the really up-to-date science on this. And it really shows you how sexuality is really complicated and multidimensional. And it, it, it strikes me that, you know, it will be for your friends as well, for, the, for this group of people. Like if they would just mm. tune into their own sexualities, they'd discover that those change over time and they're infinitely complex as well. So to be trying to impose this really simplistic, normative kind of understanding of sexuality on somebody else is really out of line as far I mean, as I'm one of concerned. the one of the depressing things about this is that you know when we when there's uh, like a scarcity of how much happiness that can go around it's almost like some people are trying yeah. to it's like it's kind of like your friends are like wanting to deny you uh you your choices and um and the attractions and the, the, the and the desires that you have because it's almost as if well mm. if she can have that then why can't i have this and also <sighs> yeah you know as if it's like a zero-sum game and actually but that is what you know, happens that how is, normativity yeah. happens that is how normativity happens it's like to yeah to question it is is seen as really oh! <laughs> my, my ipad fell iPad. off i don't know I don't know how that looked. Perhaps <laughs> your, your video's moment. gone off, actually, but it's all right. Maybe your uh, iPad is, uh, is telling us that we've gone no, off. No, it's, it's good. It's good. What happened was the battery went low, so I plugged it in. And yeah, all right. It in. Yeah, right. and plugging it in. So that's, what, that's what's been going on. Very exciting. And allowing nice your thoughts. phone to envelop the charger. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what happened. Um, um, yeah, there was, is, there was always, a bit at the... Yeah. There was just on. a bit at the end here about, you know, I haven't even, the writer said, I haven't even touched on whether I would be welcomed into the LGBTQI plus scene, given, you know, that I have been seen as heterosexual for so mm. long. And um, that's an issue, you know, like the, that's, that, that community isn't always welcoming of people mm. where the sexual fluidity or bisexuality or whatever, you know, label mm. or we want or not to put on this. However, there certainly is a lot of, queer community for want of a better word that would be really accepting and mm -hmm. supportive and it, and i think it's really valuable to have friends who, um, who are of that community because that will mm -hmm. counteract some of this bullshit that you've been getting mm -hmm. quite frankly um mm -hmm. but yeah it's worth it's worth being you know mindful of like where are the i mean bisexual community definitely you know would be very understanding of you know mm -hmm. people being having feelings for different genders over time mm -hmm. um yeah, things that describe themselves as queer rather than gay might mm -hmm. be a, a better place to go. But it's again, it's sort of like shopping around, finding your people, mm -hmm. um, maybe maybe via the person that you're with now, if, if they're already part of those kind of communities, or maybe finding your own way. Um, certainly, yeah, the kind of bi, han, queer, fluid maybe communities. Maybe also like feminist communities as well, perhaps. You know, yeah, but yeah. Uh, if it's clear that they are intersectional feminists, you know. Yeah. Like uh um because also i've you know it's it's, it's clear sex is still standards going on and um the expectation mm. that women are supposed to just uh have these relationships and it's just the thing that really makes me cross about this is the painful sex bit it's the it's mm. you know that that one in ten women regularly have pain of painful sex and it's because of the, the stories that we say that this is what you're supposed to do and that's the thing that yeah that's, you know it's um oh, it makes me so it's, cross, but you yeah, just never it, yeah you just never have to do that you just never have to yeah you never have to put pain sex mediocre sex sex you don't want you know but it is really hard under normativity um to not sometimes have unwanted sex and painful um, sex 
yeah. it's just a it's just a really good example that of well mm. good slash bad example of where uh, normativity um is around us in the the small as well as the big it's the mm. the, the micro and the macro um, yeah that, just uh, the everyday the conversations yeah, yeah exactly that it isn't just this thing that happens out there in culture that it, it, it pervades everything and mm -hmm. um it's shitty and i hope you can find some new friends uh slash also that your that your existing mm -hmm. friends like step up and yeah friends it's also like if you're gonna if, to be a good friend you have to take your friends as you find them and be and allow your friends to be and to grow like we talked about in with in, in the mm. earlier question it's like it's being there with your friends and allowing them to flourish and helping each other flourish yeah that's what friendship that is friendship like. so it's, it's worth questioning yeah is this friendship if that's if it has this judgmental and kind of trying to pull everybody back into normativity kind of way and if it gets real, super hard as well like there are really good lgbtqi um plus services um that you could reach out to that that you know definitely the workers and the volunteers in those kind of places would be clued up about by pan and fluid rather than just so, being kind of yeah. gay. Would yeah. you recommend Switchboard? Switchboard's great, yeah. yeah. Uh, London Friend and ELOC mm -hmm. in London, Metro mm -hmm. in London. There's also uh, LGBT Foundation up in Manchester. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where the person's located, but yeah, like right. Switchboard's be a lot of uh, there are accessibility. Local yeah. yeah, and local groups. Yeah, groups can be great. Um, mm -hmm. and, and by as well as by Pride UK is worth looking mm -hmm. into. They've got a lot of resources, the Bisexual mm -hmm. Index, Biscuit, um, mm -hmm. yeah, and all sorts of places that you could have a look and they're all quite Googleable. Yeah. Yeah. Go well. I hope that everything yeah. uh, works out well for you. And um, we hope that our advice has helped there. And that goes for all of our listeners. Um, yeah. They are our questions. We went long, but there's a lot to say, isn't there? Like, I don't know how <laughs> many people do these really. I don't like. <laughs> you can maybe if you listen to our podcast when you're doing when you're washing the pots, you know, maybe that takes you like twenty minutes. You know, you just listen to a bit at a time, don't you? You don't have to. Yeah, that's what you know, people no do. No one sits down and reads War and Peace in in a weekend. Do they? <laughs> now we're War and Peace, huh? <laughs> no, we're not like we're better than Tolstoy. <laughs> We're better than Tolstoy. Maybe a little more engaged. Did you ever read Tolstoy's sex advice column? It was rubbish. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> Heteronormative as fuck. So, oh, was it? Yeah. Surprising. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't neoliberal though, but anyway. <laughs> so if you've enjoyed this episode again, please uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Help us to put these episodes together. The more support we get, the more we can time we can make our week for it, and the more we can do. Um, and so it's patreon.com forward slash Meg, John and Justin. Uh, our zines are available to our website, megjohnandjustin.com forward slash publications. You can tweet us at megjohnjustin. Um, if, you, if you've been playing bingo during this episode and you've been and you want to drag us, you can send us a picture of which boxes you've ticked. If you want, um, <laughs> hashtag it, yes, MJ and J bingo. It's another thing for me to be grumpy about, isn't it? Otherwise, other things it is, I'm yeah. not going to mention. I'm not going to mention it. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction <laughs> of, of saying that thing that I'm grumpy about. <laughs> and also, you're not getting the tip at the end either that we usually give at the end of every episode. Yeah, or oh, we're just withholding that this time. Yeah. Withheld. <laughs> Withheld.
Thank you, Katie. For, thank you, Katie. For oh, your, we love our bingo uh, card. We love it. Yeah. We love it. We really, really love it. I'm just being yeah. performatively grumpy and I'm using Wayne. Yes, I think that will be understood. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> all right, then. Should we go? Yeah. Thanks all. Until next thank time. Thank you. Thanks Bye. for listening. Ciao. Bye. <laughs>